Hey. Woo! Yeah. Alright. Hit the kitchen. I'm not about to rap. Yo, what's going on, good people? Welcome to Training Well Done. This is your host, Donald Robinson, and that was one of the classic Jeezy songs of all time. Back from what was that like 2000 and what does it say on here? 2005. I was in, I was just entering high school actually. I was in middle school when that came out. So tonight, today is Thursday. It was like the 19th, and tonight at seven o'clock is the versus between Gucci Mane and Jeezy, formerly Young Jeezy, formerly Lil J. And for those of you who are like into rap music, uh, especially into like trap rap music, these are like two of the bigger artists in that genre of music. And so I, I like both of them, like admittedly, I like both of them. I have no qualms about Gucci's music per se. I used to jam to a lot of it, but I will say, I'm going to put myself on the record and say this. There's a more party and fun mentality to Gucci Mane's, you know, his music. Um, and it's kind of always been that way. They talk about similar things, but his is just much more fun party. Jeezy's music is not really party. It's definitely more about uh, the hustle mentality, working. Uh, it's all trap music. If you're not familiar with what that even means, it's... Um, it's all music that dwells around like uh, street culture, uh, especially when it comes to um, the underground crime, things like X, Y, Z. I'm not going to get into the details of that. I was a Jeezy person. I've always been uh, someone who values work. I've always been um, a hustler type of person in regards to, you know, making ends meet, um, you know, since I was in middle school and high school. And so I've always had a higher affinity to that music and so that was one of the classics um i'm not going to sit here and play all these songs for you on this podcast but i'm dropping this today on uh thursday the 19th so if you listen to this before the verses you understand what side i'm on all right these two rappers they also have like beef uh so for just beyond the scope of this but they don't they aren't friends and they did a hit song together back in like 04, 03, maybe it was even earlier than that. It might have been like 02. I think I was in elementary school, maybe like fifth grade or sixth grade when that song came out. They did a song, um, So Icy, together. And it was um, a breakout song for both of their careers, but everything went downhill after that. So I've been jamming to that right before I shot this. I want to say shout out to all of the GHP members here at the gym, I, I've been having a rough week. So last Wednesday, my grandmother had passed, um, one of them, and this was a grandmother I was particularly close to. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, unpleasantries that went along in my growing up. Uh, some people were like, oh, I miss childhood. I don't miss childhood. I love adulthood right now. <laughs> And so my grandmother, you know, played a big role in helping me with just some things that went on. 
And we've been close, you know, throughout college and, you know, through adulthood. And so her passing was, you know, particularly stressful. While I'm no super tough guy, I'm also not a crier. And like, oh my gosh, yo. Crying at red lights, I didn't know what that was about. Oh, that's a thing. Not fun. And so we were supposed to go, me and my mother, were supposed to go to a memorial service this week. But my mom had an accident at the airport, so we never went. So I had to spend the last couple of days in and out of the hospital because um, she fell. And so, yeah, it's been, you know, a challenging week. And then COVID cases are going up here in Allegheny County, up here in Pittsburgh. So, you know, the restrictions and things that come along with you know, more people uh, catching this disease, or I'm sorry, this virus is just all adds to some of the stress, right? And being an entrepreneur during these times is hard. And when I go online and I hear, you know, people who are entrepreneurs and people who are not, there's like, I, I see all these different things. It's very interesting. I did not know I was going to go on this tangent, but here we are. People who are very much, you know, hustlers, you know, uh, they work for themselves, they have small businesses, especially people who are not online based versus people who have more comforting jobs that they could have been working at home long before this versus people who um, are kind of struggling to make ends meet with the actual jobs that they have. And seeing these different perspectives and seeing how people who have easy, I want to say they're not easier jobs. They're just jobs that are less dependent on you physically being somewhere, being very staunch about the, uh, you know, shutting things down. A lot of people who have small businesses, especially things that are very physical based, having a lot of pushback or feeling like they're actually being discriminated against with shutdown. So seeing a lot of that. And then, you know, a mix from people who, you know, they don't work as high-paying jobs. Um, so there are certain struggles that go along with that, especially if they're location-dependent and not, quote-unquote, essential. And so the struggles of them not being able to make ends meet, but also sometimes them being more hit hard by COVID itself. And so, you know, that whole mix of you know, different perspectives, different views on how things should be done. It's been, it's it's interesting, but it's also very stressful. So at any rate, you know, that is the current time we are in. 2020 has been quite a year. And so let's go to some positivity here, right, people? Oh, that's what I want to say, actually. What's with the positivity? Shout out to the members here who sent me their condolences. Shout out to Coach Kyla, our assistant coach at Globium Performance, who put together this very nice video uh, with different members who had you know things to share uh, in your condolences. So I appreciate all of you who did that. I appreciate you, Kyla, for you know putting that together. Um, that was very warming to my heart. And thank you for... The card that you mailed me, uh, Cindy and Evelyn, I appreciate that. As well as thank you, Rhonda, for sending me a gift card to the Cheesecake Factory. Yes! So thank you for your feel good. I was doing this challenge where I was supposed to go on live every day. 
I did good for like a solid week on Facebook Live. And so a week and a half, I gave myself that. And I started getting back to making some videos. And so she messaged us, me and this other woman that's in our little group. And she's like, you know, the eye emoji. Like, so you're getting on there. And I'm like, nah, I'm going through some stuff. I ain't getting on there. She's like, you okay? I'm like, no. <laughs> no contact, just no. So she's like, oh, let me send you some. I'm like, all right. And so I, shout out to uh, Heather, Cindy, Susan, Artie, and Shantae. We are doing a no sugar challenge going into Thanksgiving. Shout out to y'all for holding it through. I went to, I, I sent them a video walking through the valley of the shadow of death or something like that, however that goes. I walked into Panera to get bagels and I did not get the cinnamon crunch bagel or the cookies or a muffin. I got a not sweet bagel. So cheers to me. Cheers to y'all for sticking with that. So some other positive news. Shout out to our cross-country runners. So we had we have a lot of cross-country runners here at GHP, a lot of track runners, you know, that's just our jam. A number of our high schoolers, they go to one particular high school, Order Dice, and so they went to states. So shout out to y'all, shout out to Evelyn for having an injury-free season, right? Coming off of, you know, her recovery season last year that was, you know, less than spectacular time-wise, but, you know, a couple complications, but nothing much. To her, like, before we met, to her not being able to run for part of her sophomore year because of injuries. So shout-out to you for finishing off your cross-country season. Shout-out to the boys. Uh, big shout-out to my guy, Owen Blumen. So he's a sophomore, and he went to States, and he ran. He, he ran at States last year as a freshman. He was, like, I think an alternative or – I think he was regular. He ran. I don't know. He ran a minute and a half faster at the state course this year. And it's in Hershey, PA, and notoriously known to be a very challenging course. It's full of hills and not enough downhills, apparently. And then it's this long quarter-mile flat stretch after you come up some really large hill. So... Shout out to him. He ran a minute and a half faster this year around. That's that's big time. So shout out to you, dude. Uh, shout out to everybody else. My guy Isaiah for finishing out his senior season uh, with some good efforts. And, you know, the rest of the crew, um, Aleph, Holden, Jack, for, you know, going out and putting in work. Now, shout out also to um, Lena Burchard and Marcel Minutolo. They are two phenomenal middle schoolers. We had our USA Track and Field Association Championship for cross country. Now, if you're not like, what, what are you talking about? So in the USA Track and Field circuit, you have the Junior Olympics at the top. Then from there, you qualify to the Junior Olympics at your regional championship. Regional championships are groups of states that have championships together. And then you have your association, which is your local area. If you live in Montana, your association might be the same as your region. <laughs> or maybe like Rhode Island, I should say. Montana has the same what same population, but like it's, what, 20 times bigger? But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking shit. 
As far as our association, they both won their races, and not by like a little bit. I mean, we're we see them come down this hill and come around this like I don't know 500, 600 meter bend, and then the final sprint is like 60 to 80 meters. That might be yeah, about 80 meters of a sprint off of this tree to the finish line, and. They were done before the next person got to the tree to even hit the bend for the final sprint. And I'm like, sheesh, ladies, sheesh. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to everybody else from River City Elite. Uh, shout out to everybody else. Oh, shout out to also Sophia and Lena. Cause shout out to the Penn Hills Eagles because, you know, those kids practice with us. So boom. Now, it is the off season and... All of these kids and some of you listening and some of your kids listening are going to be training for dun, 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 outdoor track. And we will see what happens with COVID. But there's given that cross country went pretty much without a hitch. And so we'll see. But I have reason to believe that outdoor track will happen. Indoor track is probably dead. But... At least up here where we live in Pennsylvania, where it's cold. Maybe down in like Florida, they're going to have indoor like Texas, but not here. So we are training for outdoor. And I want to talk to you about what you should spend your time doing. And this is also for sprinters, okay? I'm going to give you a few recommendations, three things in particular. I'll give you a couple ideas of how you should do that. So that you can go about your merry way. Alright. Now. Let's get started. Number one. You need to spend this time. Improving your mobility. Now in the training world. Especially in strength and conditioning. You know. Strength and conditioning world is hilarious. If you're on Instagram. Like. You get coaches out here making up all the randomest exercises. And are adding variations that are. Sometimes just not necessary. Um, doing, you know, there's some weird, there's some interesting things. I don't want to say weird. There's some interesting things. And then you get some people who are like trying to do a million different types of mobility drills. And you got like this other camp of people who are like, all that is nothing. Just get strong. And so, you know, getting, seeing people in their comment sections. Oh my God. It's like, it's like clicking on the news article and they're in controversial things. Anyways. So improving (laughs) your mobility. You, what is mobility, first of all? Mobility is your ability to move through full ranges of motion. Now, that is, you know, some people say mobility and flexibility. Flexibility improves mobility, right? So you need to be flexible to be able to get through further ranges of motion. But being flexible for flexibility's sake is not that valuable for you. You need to be flexible, but you need to actually be able to actively put your body in position. So, for instance, you should be able to, you can do this while you're listening to this, if, unless you're driving, you probably don't want to do this. But if you're just sitting there, if you're at the gym, you're listening to this. If you are out running, you can stop and try this. If you are at work, you're, working, you're probably working from home right now, so you could just get on the floor and do this. Your boss isn't checking for you. I want you to lift both legs in the air. Okay, so you're going to lay on your back. 
You're going to lay on your back. I should say that. Lay on your back. Put your head down. Then I want you to put your arms out straight. Lift both of your legs in the air. All right? And then I want you to keep your left leg in the air. Take your right leg, and I want you to lower your right leg to the ground while keeping your left leg up. Mobility, part of mobility, is can your left leg stay up straight while you lower your right leg? If you don't have great mobility in your hips, um, especially you know, if they're tight, they're not that flexible, but, but also you don't have active control, your left leg is going to drop and your left knee probably will bend when you lower your right leg. Okay, that's part of mobility. Yes, part of that's hamstring strength. I mean, sorry, hamstring flexibility. But another part of that is actual strength in your hip flexors. Do you have control of your hip flexors to be able to pull that left leg up tight and let the other one drop? And do you have enough, you know, range of motion in your right hip flexor for it to actually go all the way down without pulling the other one down? So another way you can look at this, you can stand up. Okay, so you're standing up. You're going to get on one leg, and you're going to lift. You're going to stand on your left leg. You're going to lift your right knee without putting your hands on it up as high as you can to your chest. And then I want you to grab your right knee with both hands and pull it up, okay? Part of range of uh, mobility is the range of motion that you can actively do, how high you can lift your leg muscularly, how small is that gap between how high you can lift it and how much further it went once you put your hands on and pulled it up? So if you were only able to lift your knee, let's say, up to your stomach height, and then you put your hands on it, and then you were able to pull your knee to your chest, you are lacking mobility. You cannot actively lift your joints through a full range of motion, okay? Versus if you actually could stand there, lift your right knee up, almost to your chest, and then when you put your hands on it and maybe move like an inch or two, you have much better mobility because you can actively do that. So if you think about hurdling, yes, you need to be flexible to hurdle, but importantly, you need to have the ability to actively control and put your, you know, pull your leg up high enough to clear the hurdle, right, and be able to swing your back leg around. Just because you're flexible doesn't mean you actually have good mobility, it's just you probably need flex to be decently flexible to have good mobility, but it's still about active muscular control. So there are a variety of exercises you can do to, do for this. For runners, um, hurdle, you know, if you have access to hurdles or access to um, something like that, let's say you have like a squat rack and you put a bar at a lower setting around hip level, you can do step overs. Can you actively step over the hurdle forward? Can you actively step over the hurdle sideways without like putting your hands down, without jumping? Can you lift your leg up high enough and put your leg over the hurdle or over the bar? So, you know, those are things. We do at GHP these deep split squats. Um, this was a, the emphasis of this is something I got from a group called Athletic Truth Group, uh, ATG. And so uh, their exercise has been really awesome. That was a great uh, program to to work with and, and experiment and try and so we do what I call deep split squats and so these are split squats where we emphasize driving that knee very far past the toe and down into a split squat to where your back leg is as straight as you can get it your front knee is very forward and you're lunged down to the point where you're trying to actually get 
your hamstring to touch your calf muscle. So, you know, another way to look at that is if you can squat down, can you squat down, put your hamstrings to your calf muscles without bending over at your spine completely, right? Can you, how deep can you squat? Do you have the range of motion at your knees and hips and ankles to be able to get into these deep positions? Can you stand up next to a wall and rotate your shoulder in a full circle? So like, let's, you know, stand, stand up, go up next to a wall, put your right side up against the wall. Can you take that hand that's against the wall and rotate it in a full circle, right? These are things that we look at with mobility, okay? So taking this off-season time to improve that is going to help you with being able to move better and also you know, decrease your chances of injury. Why? You need to be strong through full ranges of motion, but let's say you are really strong. You can deadlift, you know, one and a half, two times your body weight, but you can't, or even squat that, but you can't get through a full range of motion. You're not as strong as you could be because you can only be strong at a certain range of your joint moving. Your, your knees, you know, your body's only strong during a certain angle of knee movement, but you're not strong throughout the whole thing because you can't actually move through that full range of motion, okay? So you need to spend time working on that. Number two is you need to just get strong, right? Strength, we've talked about in previous episodes, allows you to, one, displace yourself further with each step. So every time you run and you push yourself, uh, as soon as you hit the ground, you launch yourself out for the next step. The stronger you are, the more distance you can get there. Um, secondly, the stronger you are, then the more you can do that at the end of a run when fatigue sets in. So it's like its own level of endurance. When you're stronger at the end of a race, you're able to continue to have a higher level of how far you can push yourself than if you were less strong with the same cardiovascular and lactic tolerance abilities. Okay, So for the same level of cardiac output and the same level of lactic tolerance, think about the burn in your legs, for that same ability, the person that's stronger, the stronger version of you is going to prevail at the end of a race. So getting strong. Now, this isn't you know, anything crazy, right? It is doing your, your squats, your lunges, your hip hinges. It is doing your lateral lunges. It's doing your core exercises. It's getting your hamstrings strong. It's getting your glutes strong. It's getting your glute med strong. It's getting your quads and your hip flexors and your calves right? So you want to be able to hit all of those. One thing that we do here is um, methodology-wise, uh, we're very big on doing uh, a 1 by 20 type of flow, and I don't, I'm not married to those numbers per se, but the idea of being able to hit a lot of exercises in a session, especially because our athletes only come in, you know, one, two, or three times a week, mostly two times a week, and so being able to hit all of those leg movements, all of those body movements in the lower body and upper body within a session with a big emphasis on the lower body. And so we do, you know, one, two, no more than three sets of those. And, you know, for someone who's more advanced, we might do more strength-based uh, exercises, but we found really good success taking our athletes through a full, you know, um, 
single double set progression for the last few months and seeing them get stronger, not be sore at practice, and run faster. So being able to get stronger, there's a variety of different ways to do that. You have your classic 3x10s, um, which can be okay. It just depends on, you know, how hard you're going, what your experience is like, how heavy are you really doing. And so focus on getting strong. Find a program that works for you. Uh, we have programs that we do that we can refer you with, but find something that works for you depending on your own ability and, and your experience training and get, get, get strong. So number three, so for distance people, for those of you who are planning to go out and run the one mile, the two mile, the uh, 800 even, steeplechase, you need to spend this winter building some mileage, okay? Cross country, as you get to the end of the season, you start doing peaking runs, so you're not really doing a whole lot of your seven, six, seven, eight mile runs. This is a great time to build up your tolerance for running, being able to build up um, your aerobic capacity, which is done by just doing on some long, slow runs. Then that is also doing some interval runs. So that could be easy mile, hard miles. That could be half mile intervals. You know, spending time also building up your lactic tolerance for the harder sprint days um, that as you get closer to the season, right? Importantly, because when you do cross country, you're running, you know, for the older kids, you're running 5Ks, maybe for some of the middle school kids, like some of our middle school kids, they run 3Ks and 4Ks. Uh, so that's about, you know, a mile and a half to two and a half miles. You are going to be downsizing in how far you're running for outdoor track. So again, you're going to go from, as a high schooler, a 5K, and you're going to drop down to running um, basically like a 3K, a little over a 3K, 3.2 or you might even just be running a mile and a half, which would be 1.6. So that is going to require you to be able to run faster. One thing that distance runners don't do enough of is actual sprinting. When you start talking about running, you know, 210, 2-minute, 800-meter runs for boys, or, you know, if, if a woman's talking about running, you know, 230, 220 for the 800, that is a sprint, okay? When soon as you start talking about running sub 70 second 400s or, you know, sub even sub, you know, 80 second 400s, you are sprinting. That, that, that's about the line where you start sprinting fast. And so as a distance runner, you need to be sprinting. You need to be practicing your sprint form one thing I see a lot of distance runners do is you have an extreme back kick. And that's something that I have some kids that, you know, do distance that we're going to be spending some time working on. I see this at the cross-country meets. And what I mean by that is your backside mechanics are really lagging. You don't have a high heel recovery, even when you are sprinting. Now, I know in the middle of a race, when you're tired, and especially if you're not, like, super fast, you're not going to have a high heel recovery if you are you know, if you're a guy and you're running like, you know, 17, 18, 19, like especially like when you get like 19, 20 minutes, you're not having a super high heel recovery. You know, for women who are especially in like 20 minute, 21 minute range, you're not getting a high heel. When you start getting down to like women running like 18 minutes, guys running like 16, 15 minutes, 
you're going to be able to that that's going to require you to pull your heel up higher to be able to run that fast and so you practice that by doing sprint work so like we do a lot of max velocity runs you can also do different flies you can do um 150s 200s those kind of shorter sprints that are fast enough that if you're going to do them well you have to pull that heel up we have different drills you know i've been doing a lot more wicket work and being able to get you to pull that heel up to your butt which is something that a lot of distance runners i've just noticed lacking and so on the nice days which for a distance runner might be just like over 40 degrees being able to go out and sprint okay speed takes a lot longer to improve than aerobic capacity to not be super nerdy but shout out to uh, university of texas they've traumatized me for grad school with understanding halazi's article about mitochondrial biogenesis you know like what the hell does that mean mitochondria are the part of your cells that take the oxygen and do some crazy thing at the electron transport chain to make you a lot of ATP. I'm not going to explain that. Bio is, you know, living um, organism, and genesis means to create, okay? So mitochondria, biogenesis, to create more mitochondria, that's what it is. Interval training is that, right? And so being able to um, improve that actually doesn't take a long time. The half-life of the actual signals that start to create it is like a, two days. Yeah, 48 hours, or if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, whereas the ability to get your muscles to coordinate efforts to have you run faster, like literally improve your speed, takes months. So, it's going to take you months to get a lot faster, just on like, let's say, 100-meter speed. All right, so... Hope that was clear. Sprinters. First of all, shout out to Tiana Bartoletta, who I follow on Instagram. I will hope to meet her one day. Um, I actually, I mean, I've, I've followed these people just, you know, just following, you know, the track circuit, but I didn't really ever follow her online and know a whole lot about her. One of uh, my young athletes, uh, shout out to Mary Eagle, is a big fan of hers. Uh, Tiana Bartoletta's, you know, world-class sprinter, world-class long jumper. She made a post on Instagram, I think it was today, the day I'm shooting this, about training in hard weather. And Miss um, Ballard, I am talking to you. I doubt you listen to this podcast, but if anybody knows Miss Ballard, my sprinter, tell her I said this, okay? Tiana was talking about mentally, like, training during bad weather. Because you never know, especially if you run in, like, western Pennsylvania, it's usually snowing when we start practice for outdoor at the end of March. You never know what the weather's going to be like the day of your meet. So you need to train when it's cold. You need to train when it's raining. You need to train when the weather's bad. And so for you sprinters, you need to do some outdoor training. Now, if it's 30 degrees, don't go outside because you might get hurt. I, for our trackside program, said if it's under 50 and it doesn't feel like warm and you know it can be 60 and feel really cold because of the wind and it can be 48 and not feel that cold, right, because of just the sunlight, if it's not gloomy. But if it doesn't meet conditions to be outside, we're going inside. For some people, that, might, that line might be 45 degrees, 40 degrees. 
But if it's decent enough, you can go outside and do hill work. Hills, don't put your hamstrings in a risky position to get hurt because the the reason that you know sprinting out in the cold is not great is because you can't keep your muscles warm filled with blood and your hamstrings and your hip flexors are quite susceptible to uh, muscle pulls when it's cold out and so hamstring I mean sorry hill running keeps your hamstrings uh, fine and as long as you do a good enough warm-up your hip flexors are generally going to be fine so hill runs are things that you can do when it's 40 degrees out, 45 degrees out. They're great if you work on just your starting ability. They're great for those mechanics. They also can help with building, you know, strengthen those hip flexors so you can get your behind up there, right? And it's a great way to do sprinter type of cardio, whereas you need to have good form as you run, but you don't want to spend your time running 5Ks as a sprinter, but you do need to do some lower intensity sprints that require you to have good form, but you're not fully exhausted and you can do a lot of reps, like 10 is a minimum, right? Over like a, say a 40 to 80 meter hill. Plyometrics, if you're indoors, doing plyometrics is great. Plyometrics help you with being able to improve, A, getting off the ground fast enough, also being able to generate power. So plyometrics, think like uh, bounding, doing hurdle jumps, depth jumps, lunge jumps, squat jumps, frog hops, different you know, bound, uh, two foot bounds, is built to be able to teach your body how to recruit more muscles at any given moment, okay? Which is gonna help you with you know, actively taking your strength and helping it work for you. And just the coordinating effort of being able to put one foot in the ground, put a lot of force in the ground at a, in a very quick amount of time, and then propel your body out. And then starts. Because it's indoors for a lot of your training, this is a great time to hone your start technique. Because once you get to outdoor, if you can have good start technique, you're going to get a good advantage, especially for you high schoolers and middle schoolers. You're going to have really good... Uh, leverage against everybody else who's still learning how to come out of the blocks or they haven't come out of the blocks since last season and so you've been spending time with your start so that allows you to not spend as much time you know once the weather breaks working on your start but you can spend more time working on your max velocity running which if you have a nice day out you need to do that. And so doing some step over drills, doing some wicked runs, doing flying sprints, doing hard short sprints, giving yourself a lot of rest in between reps. Like a lot of reps, like rest being like no more, I mean no less than one minute of rest for every 10 meters that you sprint. It's kind of a rule of thumb that I've gotten from coaches over the years. Because especially when it comes to flies, especially when it comes to flies, because you already have a 20, 30 meter run in and now you are going for 15 to 25 meters at top speed. You want to make sure you give your body time to uh, recover from that. Because when you do, when you run that fast, you're recruiting all of your muscles and they are producing a lot of force at once. And if you do that stuff when you're tired, your technique will fall apart and then you might hurt something because it's probably not that warm. It's just warm enough to do it. So 
And you're also not physically in shape to be doing that kind of running on not a lot of rest. So that is my outlook on what you should spend your time doing between Thanksgiving and April. All right. And if you can find some indoor meets and it's safe to do so, go ahead and get some reps. And as long as you're fit to do so. Don't go, oh, I've been training for two weeks and now I'm going to go do an indoor meet. No, no. You need to have been training for at least a solid one to two months, preferably if you've been training the entire fall for you sprinters before you even think about going to an indoor meet. One, because you're going to embarrass yourself. Two, because you might hurt yourself. Because if you're not really training... And then you go out into an effort where you need to run full speed, you're going to pull a muscle probably. So make sure you, A, work on your mobility. That's your ability to actively get yourself in positions. Two, make sure you get strong so you get into the weight room at least twice a week. Three times is cool. You don't need to do any crazy bodybuilding work. You don't want to put on a lot of weight. You need to hit all of those major movements, uh, all of your muscles in you need to do it, um, you know, if you're new to weightlifting, go high high reps, uh, not too much weight. You don't need to do a whole lot of sets. If you're someone who's very experienced, who's been through a couple years of weight training, and not a couple years of like, oh, I weight trained for like three months at a time, but like you actually trained through an entire year uh, because you should still be strength training in season. Just It's just very different, right? Our athletes train through January to January, right? And, you know, minus some hiccups here and there, just the nature of sports, uh, generally are injury-free, also are always in shape. We never have to focus on getting in shape because we're always in shape. So let's focus on getting strong. For distance runners, build up your mileage, sprint fast on nice days, and work on your sprinting technique on those days. For sprinters, work on your starts, do some plyometrics while you're indoors, get out there, suck it up, do some hill work, do some, we call it sprinter cardio, right? Doing some light tempo sprints if it's nice enough to have good form, uh, but you're not, you know, burning yourself out. And then on the nice days, get outside and do your high speed flies, your short, you know, 30, 40, 50 meter sprints, uh, working on you know your start transition to full speed and especially those full speed mechanics. All right, so let me know if you have any questions about that. Make sure you quote you know if you like something, let me know. You know, post it on the gram, post it on the book. If you have anything that you would like to see in particular, I want you to go on Instagram at training underscore well underscore done or to my Instagram, at Coach underscore Donald. And I want you to leave a comment like, yo, or send me a DM like, hey, can you talk about this? All right. So thanks for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, share this podcast. We got some interviews coming up on the way that I think you will really like. So make sure you check those out. And I'm going to catch you next time. All right. Uh, peace out. And enjoy the verses with Gucci Man and Jeezy tonight if you're into that sort of thing. But otherwise, take care of yourself and I'll holler at you next time.